0: Well, let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to the book of 1 John, and 1 John chapter number 1. Appreciate the good singing, and um, I'm glad that we Amen. Amen. Let's all stand, 1 John chapter number 1, 1 John chapter number 1 this morning, and uh, pray with us and for us a few moments that God would have his way, and uh, give us some amens, and... Uh, Don't die, amen, don't die, don't die. It's been too quiet around here too long these last few days. Y'all do know it's a Baptist Baptist church. We got Baptist written on the sign. And uh, he said, well, you don't got to make a lot of racket. No, you don't have to. We just like to, amen. And uh, we just got a reason to. And uh, you don't have to have a feeling to say amen. Uh, And I shouldn't have to preach on this on Sunday morning, but I'm preaching on it right now. You ought to say amen in church because you say it. Don't be a lazy Christian. Don't sit there and just sleep or sit there and text on the phone or anything else. You're not even have your cell phone on. Somebody say amen. So well, what about an emergency? The emergency right now is that if we don't back the man of God up preach when he preaches and say amen, we're going to die. Amen. And don't let your worship be based on personality. If you're uh, not happy about something, get the order and get right. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit and lock the service down. Is that right? I I may preach on that a few minutes because I'm enjoying that right now. It's just good to be saved, isn't it? You glad you're not in hell? That's right. Don't let there be dead air in the house of God. Amen. Say amen. Praise the Lord. Raise your hand. You just do all them things because it's right and it's in the Bible. Oh, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Let all the people say amen. That's just in that book. Amen. And so do that, and I promise you God will bless you for it. First John chapter number 1 and verse number 1. The Bible said, That which from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifest and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ is Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is a propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let's go to God in prayer, then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, we want to thank you once again for this day that you've blessed us with. Thank you for letting us be in the house of God. Enjoy the good songs of Zion this morning. Thank you, dear God, for the Sunday school hour, for the opportunity to give and the offering. And God, we want to thank you for the word of God that we have, that we hold in our hand. And Lord, that we have in our hearts this morning. I pray now, God, you'll bless the reading of thy word. I ask you, Lord, to give me liberty. Help me, God, to preach, Lord, by the power of God. I pray that you'd bind the forces of darkness. I pray that you'd bind the devil this morning. God, we plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for sinners to be saved and for backsliders to get right. And God will love you and thank you for it. For we ask it in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to notice in this first chapter, and I read a couple of verses in the. Uh, For uh, First John chapter number two, but I want you to notice in this first chapter here that John is really dealing with three things, and one of those uh, uh, thoughts I want to preach on this morning. He first of all talks about the Savior in verses one through four, and then he talks about our steps in verses five through seven, and then finally he deals with our sin in verses eight through verse number ten. And I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on eye to eye with sin. Eye to eye with sin because John tells us that this morning you and I are either looking eye to eye to the Savior or we're looking eye to eye to sin in our life. It's one of the two things, and uh, that's what John is really dealing with in this chapter is that sin separates and sin breaks fellowship with God. Now it's important to note that John is not writing to lost people but he's writing to saved people. He's writing to Christians in this chapter, and in verses 1 through 4, he deals with our Savior and he tells us in verse number one that Jesus Christ our Savior is the eternal one as he says in verse number one that which is from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life now listen John talks about Jesus here and he calls Jesus the word of life and he says that Jesus was in the beginning do you know in the Bible there's three beginnings in Genesis chapter Chapter number one, the Bible said, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in John chapter number one, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Talking about this word of life in verse number one, the same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And John goes on to talk about that Jesus in that chapter. But there's a beginning in Genesis chapter 1 there's a beginning in John chapter 1 and then we find here in 1 John 1 another beginning as John is talking about Jesus once again you say preacher what are you saying I'm saying he's the eternal one Amen. he was in the beginning in Genesis he was in the beginning in the New Testament he was in the beginning in John's day he's in the beginning in our day Jesus is still on the throne amen and so my friend he talks about Jesus as the eternal one and then he talks about Jesus in verse number 2 as the earthly one as he said for that life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the father and notice this and was manifested unto us now Jesus is not only the eternal one but my friend he's the earthly one he came to this old sin cursed earth and John said we saw him we heard him we handled him with our own hands uh, the very word of life uh, he was manifested before us I want to say I do believe this morning in the incarnation of Jesus Christ I believe in the deity of Christ I believe that he was God but yet he was man I believe that Jesus walked on this earth for 33 and a half years uh, suffered and bled and died at Calvary he's the eternal one but thank God he's the earthly one amen and then in verse number 3 he tells us that Christ is the extended one as he said that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you now notice this that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ uh, now Christ is the eternal one Christ is the earthly one but he is the extended one meaning my friend that you didn't have to live in the day of Christ to fellowship with him I'm telling you Abraham fellowship with him in the old testament uh, Job talked about it my friend in the book of Job uh, the sweet this David mentioned him he's seen throughout the New Testament John the revelator saw him in days to come and you and I can fellowship not just with each other but we can have fellowship with the father and with the son amen and so Christ has been extended to all of us then I see in verse number 4 that he's the enjoyable one as he said and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full amen you know what John is telling us in these early verses of this chapter that if you want to have fullness of joy then you need to have fellowship with Jesus Christ, amen I'm telling you, listen, the things of this world cannot bring a man fullness of joy, money in the bank cannot give you fullness of joy the pleasures of sin cannot give you fullness of joy, but fellowship with the Father and fellowship with the Son will make a man a happy person, not just in this life but in the life to come, amen he talks about our Savior and then he talks about our steps uh, John lays it out about Jesus and how wonderful it is to fellowship with him but then he uses this word fellowship four different times here and he tells us about our steps uh, he said then this is the message which we've heard of him and declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all and he begins to talk about the delight of fellowship as he tells us my friend that if we're going to have fellowship he said if we serve Say that we have fellowship and, and with him and we walk in darkness we lie and we do not the truth in other words that's the deception of fellowship it's people that say that they have fellowship with God but yet they walk in darkness amen you know there's people today that'll drink Budweiser by the gallons and say they have fellowship with God in fact I was in a restaurant and I don't listen to country music and wouldn't waste my time after I got saved I left all that stuff behind amen but I tell you, I was in a restaurant the other day and there was some crazy song playing uh, that said something about God is good and beer is great I'm telling you listen the longer I sat there the matter I got amen that's offensive to me as a Christian that somebody would write a song about God and they don't say God is great they just say God is good but they say beer is great so that tells you where their heart is, isn't it? And that's what this verse is saying. You can't say you have fellowship with God and walk in darkness. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, there's people that'll live neck deep, deep in sin and they'll come to church and pile up in the choir and sing. They'll listen, they'll go to Sunday school. They'll say amen to the preaching. I tell you, there ought to be some shame about sin when it's in our life. Amen? amen and so he talks about the deception of sin saying that you've got fellowship with God just because people can talk the talk if they're not walking the walk friends, something's wrong, amen because the Bible doesn't lie and so he talks about the deception of sin he talks or that deception of fellowship and then he talks about the delight of this fellowship but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin you say brother what's the delightful thing about walking in fellowship with Christ Uh, well the first thing is just that in verse number 7 it's my friend when we walk in the light uh, my my friend, we find Christ, amen? As he said in verse number seven, but if we walk in the light, notice this, as he is in the light. Friend, if you're gonna walk with Jesus, you're gonna have to walk in the light and not walk in darkness, amen? Amen? In other words, you can't hang out at the honky-tonks. Uh, you can't hang out with a beer-drinking crowd. Listen, you can't hang out with a cussing crowd. You can't feel your mind full of filth and sin and all kinds of wickedness. Uh, in other words, you can't be eye-to-eye with sin and be eye-to-eye with the Savior at the same time. And my friend, that's what he talks about. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you're going to have fellowship with him. I like that verse because it tells us where to walk. Walk in the lie, and it tells us how to walk as He walked. We're supposed to be an imitation of Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? and he tells us here that we find Christ we find Christians in verse number 7 he said that if we walk in the light as he is in the light notice this we have fellowship one with another do you know that when people are eye to eye with sin when people my friend have got sin in their life one of the first things they want to do is they want to break fellowship with the church they want to break fellowship with the brethren they may not get out of church but the people they used to love they no longer love anymore they find them people down at the job they find them people down they at, uh, at some other place. Uh, uh, they find them a different crowd to hang with. They change their hitching post. Uh, they may still come to church, uh, but they don't want to be around Christians. Uh, they may be saved, but they just don't want to hang out with them. You know why that is? Uh, because their fellowship is wrong. They're not walking in the light. But when you walk in the light, guess what? You'll love this crowd right here. you want to be around this crowd. This crowd, listen, will be a blessing to you. We're not perfect. We got imperfections. Uh, but thank God you just love everybody that's what that old time religion will do for you amen? and you'll find Christians and, and you'll find a covering as he said that the blood of Jesus Christ thank God the blood covers it all Amen. and you find a cleansing as he says that it cleanseth us from all sin now I want to tell you something this morning I'm glad that the day I got saved God cleansed me aren't you thankful for that but I was going down the road the other morning And I was headed to preach chapel over to Christian school and and I was going down the road and I, I started talking to the Lord and I said, Lord... I said, I just want to confess anything and everything that you can bring to my heart and mind. Uh, Lord, I, I just want to be as clean as I can. And you know what? I prayed from the time I left Rossville to the time I got over to uh, uh, over to Nicholsville. And you know what? I, I was confessing sins the whole time. And when I pulled up, I still had plenty more to confess. You say, preacher, are you that wicked? Sure we are. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, uh, I listen, but I felt so good. I felt so clean in my soul. Uh, brother, I'm telling you, I'm glad. that you can get a daily cleansing in the word of God and in prayer you can keep short accounts with God you can keep the way clear and let nothing between your soul and the Savior and this he talks about our steps but now we come to the last point of this message and mainly uh, primarily the heart of this message this morning he talks about our sin John lays it out good he he mentions the Savior he mentions our steps that we can walk with God and fellowship with God. And I want tell you, that ought to be the delight of every Christian this morning is that we want to fellowship with the Lord. How many of y'all want to fellowship with God this morning? You can. God's made it available. But my friend, there's something that separates our fellowship. There's something that breaks our fellowship with God, and it's sin. And in these verses this morning, John tells us, how that we can deal with sin, how we will deal with sin in our life. He tells us there's four ways that we deal with sin. And this morning, I I want you to think with me for just a few moments in these verses about being eye to eye with sin. Because here's what we want to do a lot of times. We want to ignore our sin when the Bible says we ought to identify it. My friend John tells us in this text this morning, He tells us there's four ways to deal with sin. Number one, he tells us in verse number eight that we can cover our sin. He said if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, nine times in these verses that we have read this morning, John uses the word sin over and over and over again. He's bringing sin to the surface. He's wanting us to take a good look at sin, and not just any sin, but he wants us to take a good look at our sin. And he says, don't cover your sin, and we cover it by saying we have no sin. And he says, when we do that, we deceive ourselves. In other words, if there's a man or there's a woman sitting here this morning, and you would think, well, I don't have any sin in my life, then the Bible says you're deceived, amen, because therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin, he said in verse John chapter 5 and verse number 13 all unrighteousness is sin, and so he gives us both a positive and a negative when it comes to sin, the fact of the matter is we're sinners this morning, I'm glad we're sinners saved by the grace of God but my friend listen, we ought to confess our sin, but too many times people are guilty of covering the sin that's in their life They want to act like it's not there. You know, when you think about covering sin, it's kind of like a closet in your house. You shut that door and everything looks good on the outside. But when you open it up, you see what it really is on the inside. And a lot of times it's like it's like a bed. You could take a, a bed and or you could take a table, anything that you would want to mention. And there may be a stain on that table or a stain on that on that bed. But you know what you could do? You could take a, you could take a comforter, or you could take a tablecloth, and you can drop it over it, and all of a sudden what looks so bad doesn't look so bad anymore because you covered that. Isn't that right? And we're good at covering things up and making them look good on the outside, making them look to those that pass by, but God looks underneath and God sees what's below the surface. I think too many times people come to church and they have covered their sin good on the outside. They've got their shirt and their tie on. They've got their Sunday dress on or their Sunday best and they've come to church and they've got their religious smile on, but all the while on the inside, there's sin in that heart that's not yet been dealt with. And I want to tell you, my friend, as long as you and I live in this life, we're going to have to deal with sin in in our life we're going to have to deal with it in our mind we're going to have to deal with it in our heart we're going to have to deal with it in our body we live in a world of sin and God said if you want to prosper then don't cover your sin up hey you know what would help this church this morning you know what would send revival to this church not another meeting but if some people would get in this altar and uncover the sin that's in their life and deal with that sin Amen. you know what repentance is really repentance is saying what God says about your sin. Repentance is not covering it up and saying, well, if I've done anything. No, no, no. If is a conditional word. In fact, it's mentioned four times in this text this morning. It's mentioned the first word in verse 8, the first word in verse 9, the first word in verse number 10, and then that word if is mentioned again in verse number 2. You know why God put it in there? Because God said there's a condition. You may or may not do what he's saying here. And when it comes to covering our sin, we're good at going to the altar and praying around it. but Never just nailing it. Never just dealing with it never just chalking it up and saying it's wrong it's wicked it's sinful God said this is disobedience God said this isn't right God said I shouldn't do this uh, and dear God I'm sorry I'm sorry that I've disobeyed you I'm sorry that I've let this get in my life I'm sorry that I've let this control me I'm sorry that I that I've gave in to this temptation I'm sorry you know God will show mercy on someone that won't cover their sin but God will judge someone that will dress it up and cover it up he said, don't cover your sin. Amen. He says we can cover our sin. Secondly, notice in verse number 9, talking about eye to eye with sin, we can either cover our sin, but notice we can confess our sin. He said, if we confess our sin. He said in verse number 9, that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But in verse number 9, he said, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now that sounds like a pretty good trade to me this morning. God said you can cover it up and deceive yourself and the truth will not be in you. But or God said you can confess your sin and God said you can find forgiveness and you can find cleansing and you can find that promise that no matter what it is, I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness if you'll truly repent, if you'll truly have sorrow, if you'll truly forsake what you're doing, if you'll truly say I'm done with it, it's grieved God and it's now it's grieved me and I want nothing to do with it anymore, then God said if you'll confess it, God said I'll forgive you and I'll cleanse you from it. I want to ask you a question this morning. Why do we live week in and week out dealing with the same thing over and over and over again when God said all you've got to do is confess? Why do we hold on to something that brings us really no joy? It may bring a little pleasure, but it makes us so miserable. It's a shackle to us. I've seen people in a service, the Spirit of God put them under conviction, and I didn't know what all was going in their life, but I knew they were troubled. I, I knew the Lord was, was tra- and while I'm on the subject, and this is no reflection on anybody that's went this morning, but when the invitation's given, by the bathroom's not an exit plan. Amen. Somebody say amen to that. I understand somebody got, has got issues and they have to slip out the restroom. I know that. But if you're one of these people, every time the preacher gives an invitation, you got to go to the restroom. There's something wrong and it's not your bladder. Somebody say amen. 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 Brother, I'm telling you, listen, uh, you don't need to go that way, amen, and run from God. You need to get on this altar and confess it and find forgiveness. You say, preacher, you're just being mean. No, I'm trying to help you. I love you this morning. I don't want you to live in defeat. I don't want you to be miserable. Hey, your preacher's prayed for you. I love you. I want to see you get some victory in your life. Uh, I don't want anything bad for you. Uh, Listen, I love you enough to tell you the truth. Uh, Don't run and hide in there from God. Get on this altar and get some help uh, and go forward with the Lord, amen, I'm going to tell you, we could have revival. I'm telling you, God could turn this church upside down. I've seen him do it. I've seen him save people. I've seen him pull us out of ditches. I've seen when it looked like there wasn't no spirit left. I've seen God send a resurrection, and it just took one person getting their heart right with God and turning this thing back. brother. I'm telling you, it is yet to be seen what God could do in this place if we would just confess our sins. Now, how many of y'all don't lie to me on this? How many of y'all ever had an argument with your wife? All right. Some of you must be asleep. You didn't raise your hand. Me and my wife's had a few down through the years. And uh, you know something? You'll say things when you're in arguments you don't mean. Isn't that right? I'm seeing halos everywhere right now. Honestly, I'm sorry. I live in a real world, too. And uh, we'll say things sometimes. We'll get in fuss about something. But I'm going to tell you something. I cannot let that go too long. I ha- we have to say we're sorry. I think that's one reason why we say things sometimes because we know we're going to say we're sorry. I was counseling somebody one time and they said something and said that was just awful. And I looked at her because I had said that before. <laughs> Amen. y'all don't smile and nod your head. We're going to put a tape recorder in your house, see how holy you are, amen. But you know what? I can't let the sun go down on my wrath. I can't sleep on the couch. I can't sleep face toward the wall. Amen, boy, it's quiet now, ain't it? Hey, you say, why can't you do that? Because I can't talk to God the next morning if I'm not right with her and she's not right with me. Now, we don't have knockout drag outs. There's not holes in our wall and they ain't, they ain't dishes broken. But I'm telling you, listen, I'm talking about that's how the Holy Spirit is. The least little of a spat. You've got to fix it. You've got to make it right. We can't just go on like nothing ever happened. There has to be a coming together, a compromise, an agreement, saying I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said what I said. I shouldn't have did what I did. You say, preacher, why are you saying that? Because I watch people in church all the time. I watch them snub people. I watch them be ugly to people. I watch them high-hand people. I watch them turn their head away from somebody else not speak to somebody else like they're better than somebody else Uh, can't shake this person's hand can't talk to that I'm going to preach on all of that this morning Uh, gossip back by hey you know when somebody's talking about you when they can't look you in the eye and smile and talk to you there's something bad wrong uh, and they'll go on the whole time and act like they're right with God hey friend I'm telling you ain't no more right with God than a billy goat somebody say amen to that I'm just talking about, friend, when you got issues with somebody, you got bigger issues. Your issues isn't with them. Your issues is with God. And if you say, well, they didn't do me right, I'm telling you, if you're a real Christian, you'll find forgiveness in your heart even when people do you wrong. No, it's not easy. But I'm telling you, we've all had to practice it. And if you want to be right with God, and if you truly love that other individual, you'll forgive them just like God forgave you. Amen. That grieves the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? I'm talking about this morning, eye to eye with sin. He said we are, We can cover it, we can confess it, notice this, or we can clean it up. If we say that we've not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. You know what this verse differs from the other? Is that you can take this Bible and you can point to people or you can point to a text and say, this is what God says about your sin. And some people have the audacity to say, No, 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 no. That, that's not, that's not, that's not, what I'm doing is not wrong, preacher. There's always a reason, an explanation. I've sat down with people and they really didn't want my counsel, they just wanted my approval. I want to tell you something, friend, even if I did approve of what you're doing, I'm not the Holy Spirit. Right. You ought to not seek a preacher's approval, you ought to seek God's approval. And if God says it's wrong, then it's wrong. Amen. I'm amazed that preachers are not preaching on homosexuality anymore. It's becoming a silent issue. Brother, I plan on preaching on it. You might be here this morning, and I'm sure every family here this morning, even my own, has been touched by the sin of sodomy. And my friend, listen, I I take no pleasure in that. There's people that I'm praying for. I want to see them get saved. I want to see them get right with God. But I want to tell you something, friend. At the same time, we cannot afford to be silent on issues just because they have touched our families just because they have touched our lives. Uh, that's the reason this country is going down the tubes uh, is because there's no sin anymore. There's no black and white. There's no right or wrong. Uh, brother, I'm telling you, somebody needs to cry loud and spare not an and preach on sin. Uh, brother, we need to be brought eye to eye with sin in our lives. I thought about the day that I got saved. You know what it was? And Brother Randy mentioned it this week, talking about, or no, it was Brother Grant, talking about the woman at the well. Jesus brought up the sin that was in her life. You know what got me to the foot of the cross? Man, God preaching on sin. I wonder this morning, what are you staring eye to eye with this morning? What is it in your life? We can confess it. We can, we can clean it up. We can make it try not to look so bad. We can cover it. Or lastly, I'll say this as they come and get us a song. We can conquer it, friend. I'm glad there's good news in this text. The good news is you can have victory over whatever sin is in your life this morning. You saw that preacher, this sin has had a hold of me for a long time. Look at verse number 1 of, verse of chapter 2. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, boy, I'm glad that's in there. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is a propitiation for our sins and not our sins only, but also for the sins of of the whole world. Do you know what that word advocate means? It's the same word as the word comforter in John chapter 14. And Jesus, just as we have a comforter here on earth, the Holy Spirit, we have an advocate with the Father in heaven. And God has given you and I everything we need to conquer sin. And listen to me, here's what it is. He's gave us the Holy Spirit to warn us, to, to deal with us, to condemn us, to convict us when we sin here on earth to comfort us when we ask forgiveness and he's given us an advocate in heaven that when I fall on my knees and you fall on your knees and we say God I'm sorry I'm so sorry I'm sorry for what I've done I'm sorry for how I've lived I'm sorry for the times that I've been unthankful I'm sorry for my attitude I'm sorry for being ungrateful I'm sorry for blaming everybody else and not pointing the finger at me I'm sorry for it it being everybody but me I'm sorry for ignoring you for all the times you sent a message for all the times the preacher preached that Sunday school teacher taught and you were talking to me and I ignored what you said about my sin oh God I'm sorry I'm telling you when you start praying like that God will come to your rescue but we got to get serious about it we got to get we got to pinpoint it what is it in my life that's robbing me what is it I promise you God will bring you eye to eye with it right now Don't you want to be eye to eye with the Savior? Get that sin out of your life. While we stand, Brother David's going to sing. You sing with him. But if you need to use this altar, would you just mind God this morning?